We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Hey everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean, and I'm joining you from the great city of Birmingham, Alabama, and sitting across the virtual table from me is John. How are you, John? I am well, thank you. And you're... Your middle name is not Irons. I mean, your middle name is not Henry, is it? So you're not you're not the Man of Steel. You're not taking Toastmasters off the street. I think it would be best if we strayed away from any questions that might or might not reveal anyone's secret identity. Okay. For now, let's just call me John. Uh, I hear that. I hear that. We'll do that. Okay. So this being our first episode, we're going to be pretty casual and just kind of get our feet wet trying to get into our format and everything. Uh, Cosmic Potato is a podcast. It's for anybody that likes the kind of stuff that we're into, which is a pretty broad spectrum. We both like film. We're into all kinds of movies. Though I wouldn't be surprised if we skew more towards sci-fi and fantasy. But um, we, we watch a lot of television. John, you used to be into uh, anime. Is that something you, that you still enjoy? You know, I feel like the anime bus has kind of left me behind. I feel like really? I was, you know, like late 80s, early 90s. I was kind of, I was with it when it first kind of came to like get big or even maybe in the ahead of the curve. Uh, but you know, I've, <laughs> I've, 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 I've fallen way off the wagon. I think probably Dragon Ball Z was like the last anime I watched. And that was, you know, a good 10 years ago. And I never really watched it just because it seemed like such a, such a big thing to get into. It was like every movie that I saw, um, at the store, there was 10 movies that you had to watch before that to, to know what was going on, you know? So, so it kind of, it kind of left me behind from the, from the very beginning, but, but, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about, uh, gaming, comics, books of all kinds, uh, pretty much whatever's on our minds the particular day that we're recording an episode. But since we're starting out today, I just want to take a minute or two and tell everybody about who we are. So, uh, John, why don't you start telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, I am in uh, Washington, D.C. I'm a graphic artist uh, slash um, regular artist. And I'm, that's pretty much it. That's the most interesting thing about me. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, into, I'm into sci-fi. I like, uh, I like uh, TV, movies, comics, as you, as you already said. And um, I enjoy trivia and haiku. Okay. Well, my name is uh, Sean Ray. And like I said before, I live in the Birmingham, Alabama area. I'm married. I've got two teenagers. I work in manufacturing. And when I have spare time, which is pretty rare, I like to watch movies. Uh, and I like to watch TV. I like to read. Things like that. But, uh, John, let's talk a little bit about our background together and where we know each other from. About 18 years ago, we both worked for a sales company. and They called it direct marketing, but you and I know it was just door-to-door sales. Yeah. 
one yeah. of the hardest jobs I ever did, and I stayed broke constantly. And uh, doing that, we went on a lot of road trips. Basically, we'd drive to another city and live out of a hotel for a week. You yeah, remember, remember anything about that? <laughs> it's, it's every bit as glamorous as you made it out to be. Um, <laughs> that and, you know, the... the you know, the Alabama heat running up and down hills, knocking on doors for people who didn't want to see you, trying to sell them something they didn't want. Uh, you know, it's a nice metaphor for life, I think. You know, sometimes. <laughs> I think that I think that knocking on doors in Hoover, Alabama in August is the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> I mean, that you would you would go to work every morning. You'd have on your tie. You'd look nice. By the time you got back to the office, in the evening, you look like something that somebody has scraped off the bottom of their shoe. I mean, you were soaking wet. I had ties. I had expensive ties that I had bought that the color would bleed off of them onto my shirt <laughs> by the end of the day. And I, I would look terrible. And, but you know, we, we had a lot of fun with the people that we worked with. We didn't have a lot of fun doing the actual job, but, uh, you know, on those road trips, that's when uh, John and I realized that we had a lot in common when it came to movies because we'd start playing trivia games on the road and we we saw a lot of movies while we were on the road. I think uh, you and I saw uh, Star Wars Episode One Absolutely. on one of those road trips, and yep. that was when that was the day that I watched the movie, thinking at the time that I was watching, thinking that that it was a great movie, and then later on in life, I realized that it's not as great as I <laughs> thought it was. <laughs> well, you know what? I've I've kind of. Uh... I've kind of swung back around to episode one because like, I, I think initially I was like, you know, it was awesome except for, you know, the parts that were really not awesome. Right. So, so I, I kind of overlooked that to, you know, to get sucked up with the general awesomeness of it. And then later, you know, I kind of like everybody else, I jumped on the actually it's the worst thing ever bandwagon because I mean, it really doesn't compare to the first three. Not at all. But, but. Uh, as time has gone on, I've come back again to kind of appreciate the stuff that I did like about it. It's like, if you can kind of look past Metachlorians <laughs> and Jar Jar. And, Jar Jar is hard to look past. And more Jar Jar was going to be my third thing. <laughs> look past all Jar Jar. You have to look, a, you know, you have to run a couple of corners. <laughs> Around to get past Jar Jar. It's actually, it's a, it's a, it's a decent movie. You know, there were like, and I actually even, you know what, may I offer you my, my theory as to how I can accept Metachlorians in the Star Wars universe? Right. Okay. So here it is. The Jedi believe in the Force. They are, you know, it, it is, it is, Obviously, the Force is real because they can do stuff, right? So the, the proof is in the pudding. Right. The Sith believe in something, but it's not the Force. The Sith believe in Metachlorians. And I know this isn't, I know this isn't what it says in the movies, but this is how I have to, <laughs> okay. This, this is the medicine I have to take to, in, to digest it. <laughs> so, so basically, uh, you know, the Jedi is one religion and like the dark side, the quote unquote dark side is just a different religion. You know, you know, it's like two, two different religions, but they're both, you know, like two branches of the same religion. And it's just a difference in interpretation. The, 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 the Jedi believe in the force. The Sith believe like, no, it's not this magical thing. It's actually, 
this physical thing, and the more that you understand it, the more stuff you can do with it, which is why they think they're stronger. Right. And because they feel like they've, they see the force for what it is, which is this, you know, it's like, it's like difference between believing in superstition and believing in like medicine, right? They're like, okay, well, that's great that you, you know, you wash your hands and that makes you healthy. But the reason you're healthy is because blah, 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 blah. Right. So that's how I accept Metachlorians. And I encourage all you having a hard time with it to do the same. Like basically, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it, it is a I, difference in perception. Like the force is how they interpret it as opposed to the Metachlorians is how the Sith interpret it. And again, I know this is not what happened in the movies. <laughs> yeah. I, know I just not wish George- that um, my, my, I just wish that it was an explanation that we didn't need to have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I, did you, have you ever seen Nobody was questioning the force. Right. Have you, have you ever seen Highlander? Sure. Okay, so Highlander was this, I, I think it was a great movie. I mean, there's people that hate it, you know, but it, I mean, it's dated, the original movie. Yeah. But there was all this mystery behind where the immortals came from. Well, when they went to make a sequel, all of a sudden they have to explain where they came from. It was an explanation that we didn't need, and it kind of ruined the mystery for me because all of a sudden, well, they're aliens from some other universe or something. We didn't right. need to have that. We just, if they wanted to make a sequel, just make a another story about this character. Don't don't try and go back and explain where he came from and everything. And that's kind of what they did with Episode One. They explained something that, in my opinion, didn't really need to be explained to begin with. And here's the thing: like, not only did they not need to do it, even in the course of the story they were telling, there was no reason to do it. Right. Like, it, like whether or not he told, he explained how you test for the Force. He could have put his hand on Anakin's forehead and said, the Force is stronger than him than anyone I've ever known. Exactly. That's all, you know, that's all you needed. You didn't need to, a blood sample. It worked, you know it, it worked in the original movie. I mean, that's basically the same thing. That, that's what Yoda did. They said the Force right. is strong with this one, you know. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, if if it had in some way added to what happened, like the actual plot, I could even be more forgiving of it. But there's no, there was absolutely no reason to do it. <clears throat> right. You know, it's like, did you watch uh, uh, the Last Airbender? The the no, I, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like I'm I I love the Avatar, like the the show. It, right. it was fantastic. It's one of the best animated series in the past, you know, twenty years. And so, you know, M Night Shyamalan, and I'm not even sure I'm saying it right. Pretty sure. Um, he you know he got the rights to it, and he directed the film, and he changed stuff that there was no reason to change. Like instead of Aang, he's Ong. Right. Instead of Sokka, he's Soka. I'm like, there's all you're doing is pissing people off. Like, right. <laughs> like if you if you if you're familiar with the show, you're gonna be annoyed because why are you changing their names? And if you're not familiar with the show, why would you change their names? Because right. they don't care anyway. Yeah, you know, it, it is only it only annoys your demographic. Right. But again, I can forgive it. <laughs> if you, if you if you didn't watch the show, it's an okay movie. Right. I just came with a lot of baggage to get annoyed about because I know 
what it should have been. And I think, and I think that's kind of a trap that sci-fi, you know, basically nerds. I think that's a trap that nerds fall into anyway. Whenever we watch something based on something that we love, especially you're, if you're talking about somebody that's trying to adapt a a, um, a series, a, especially an animated series, and they're trying to adapt it into a live action setting. Yeah, they're, they're going to try and play with it. You know, they're going to try and change it around. Yeah, um, but. And it works when you're talking about something like uh, Mortal Kombat that was a video game and it was just, it's just two characters fighting each other in a video game and you're trying to adapt that into a live action film. You've got to come up with a story. Sure. But when there's already a story there, then if you adapt it, just adapt it. Just, just make it into, into a movie or whatever. You don't have to change everything. So what would be an example for you of one where they, where they did it right? Where they, uh, they adapted a show or a cartoon or, you know, whatever and they, they nailed it with the, with the movie version. Well, well, I, I guess what, like what I say in Mortal Kombat, I thought that that was a good adaptation of what they had because you had, the video game had a story. I mean, if you bothered to read the little book that came with the <laughs> if game, you, if you if you lived to the end, yeah, yeah. If you if you if you read the little book that came in the box and everything, and looked at the story and everything, then those characters they they adapted it pretty well into the into the film into the first film. Right. I'm not talking of the second film was terrible. That was Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I think was the yeah, name of it or something. That is correct. I didn't like that movie, but the but the first one I thought was a good adaptation of what they were, you know, trying to come from. Um, there's been some that were terrible. Like they tried to adapt Super Mario Brothers into a film. Oh yeah. And it was, it was, <laughs> it was awful because you were taking this, this lighthearted game that kids played in their living room and you turn, and you're trying to turn it into something dark and mysterious. And it just, it didn't work. I didn't think it worked. And it's, I think Bob Hoskins, uh, said that it's one of the worst things that he ever did. You know, he, he'd get mad he, if you talked to him about it. You know? He is correct. It, it yeah. was. <laughs> and it, like, yeah, Bob Hoskins um, and uh, John Leguizamo, if I'm right. not mistaken. Right. And, 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 Dennis, and Dennis Hopper, right? He was, he right. was Cooper. That's what I was And there were like three, all these like three Oscar nominated, Oscar worthy, <laughs> Oscar worthy <laughs> actors all appearing in this, in this, uh, and instead in of, instead of, uh, Dennis Hopper being a, a dinosaur, he was like a human that had evolved from a dinosaur or something like that. Yeah, it was really... I yeah. Honestly, to this day, I cannot tell you the plot of that movie. I just yeah. know they went down the pipes and... I, I saw it one time when I was like 12, 13 years old. And, and at the time, I thought it was pretty cool just because it was a movie version of this game that sure. I played all the time. But as I go back and think about it, I'm like that movie was dark for uh, this... Saturday morning game that we played all the time, you know. You know what I would say in that case, it's almost like they inserted too much plot, right? Like it was just they, all they had to do really was you know basically the plot of a Mario Brothers game. You know, it's not deep. He, they he kidnaps a princess. In this case, it could just be some girl or his right. girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Takes it to this other world and he has to go through all these stuff to get her back. That's really all they needed to do. That would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that does remind me actually of. Uh, one time I think they did it right was, and again, the first one, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that came out in the 80s, I felt was pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I felt like that was a good interpretation of, uh, you know, the <laughs> the TV show based on the comic book. But, right. uh, yeah, I mean, like the, and, you know, hats off to Jim Henson, as always, love all things Henson. Um 
but yeah, like the the fighting was good, the you know the jokes were good. They looked real enough. They looked cartoony enough. Right. You know, they didn't look like it didn't look like a real turtle. It looked like it looked like the show. Right. You know. They and I went back right. and I, I went back and watched it not too long ago. I was it was it was on TV and uh, it was back when the when the reboot came out last, yeah. last summer, I think. And uh, they were showing all of them on TV. And I was watching it with my daughter, and she was laughing at how goofy the turtles looked. And I said, look, in 1989, <laughs> they looked really good. You know, that looked like they had just stepped right out of the cartoon and became real turtles, you know. Yeah. But and, but now, the, this new version that they came out with where they're all CGI and, they, and you know. Yeah, it just it doesn't. All, they look all urban and everything, you yeah. know. And <laughs> but, uh. Yeah. Which, which the reboot good. wasn't bad. You know, the reboot wasn't, wasn't a bad movie. There was some things that didn't make any sense to me. Like, <laughs> like they're sliding through the snow in one scene and five minutes later they're back in New York City. And yeah. I'm like, you can't go ski in five minutes outside of the city, you know? <laughs> and there, I, and I think they took the sewer to get back to the city. There's no sewer lines that go up into the mountains like that, you know? But. <laughs> aside from that. <laughs> I think I, I saw it I kind of half saw it it was like they had rented it my family had rented it and I was like doing a bunch of other stuff right uh, so, I, so I, I, I I can't give it a full fair interpretation I remember thinking it was meh yeah yeah I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed I wasn't super disappointed uh, yeah entertaining enough and it made enough money that they're gonna make another one yeah so which I mean that's, if, if there's if there's one thing that uh Michael Bay is he's he's determined. Right. He will he will not <laughs> he will not be uh he will not be dissuaded by whatever critics or the audience necessarily have to say if he thinks Hey, if kids if kids watch it and they'll buy toys, he'll make another one, you know. That's, exactly. That's what it is. Well let's uh let's uh, switch gears here for a second and uh and we're gonna have a segment in every show where we kinda play a game. And uh I was okay. gonna do a, I had a trivia game that I was thinking about, but I think it, it'll be a little better for an episode when we have, you know, maybe a third or a fourth person on. And okay. it was going to, it was going to be, um, just to tell you what it was. It was, um, I know you, well, you know what, do you want to tell me or want to just surprise me next time? Okay. I will surprise you next time then. So everybody make sure you uh, tune in on the next episode and we're going to play that trivia game. But this one is going to be called true or false. And it's more of just a conversation based game. And, uh, I've got three statements here and I'm going to make a statement. Not saying that I even believe the statement that I'm saying, but you tell me if you think that this statement is true or false, and then we'll discuss why. Okay. Okay. So the first statement is this. After the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the imminent success of The Force Awakens, which comes out later this year, no studio is ever again going to put a substantial amount of money into a big budget film that is not a sequel or a reboot. True or false? False. Okay. Uh, I think, I think like there have always been, you know, studios always put out their, you know, their big money makers. Like they know stuff that's going to be a hit. Like they know even if it's crap and I'm not naming any names, but some movies come out, they know they're crap. We know they're crap, but we're still going to go see it. Uh, so yeah, they'll they'll invest in that. But I think, you know, to me, movie making at its best is still an art form, 
you know. And there's some stuff that's like anything else. There's some stuff that's mass produced and you know that's just really made to sell. But there's some stuff that is original and you know good and like this, you know called the American Dream or whatever. But you know every so often, you know this some little story comes up and maybe it doesn't cost that much or maybe it costs more than the studio wanted it to. But, you know, every year, there, you know, you, you always have these underdog stories of, hey, did you got these word of mouth movies? You know, it's like, hey, did you guys see this? Oh, it's really cool. Hey, did you guys see that? And I think that's part of the landscape. I don't, I don't think that's going to go away. Because, I mean, every 10 years or so, there's like gangster movies were really big for a while and uh, cowboy movies were really big for a while. And I don't, not to say, you know, heaven forbid, I, I don't want superhero movies to go anywhere. Right. But, you know, but, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, there's always kind of a big wave. And then kind of the ratio, the scales tip as to people, they, they just start putting out whatever that kind of fits in the category. And they start putting out a bunch of crap. And then the audience responds. And then the wave kind of dies down. And it finds its rightful place. And I, I think... uh I think right now we're kind of in the midst of that wave and I hope you ride it for a long time. And you know what? I, I think too, the audience response is almost faster now because, uh, you know, because of shows like this, because of the internet, because communication is almost instantaneous. Feedback happens a lot faster. Right. So like if a movie is like that bad. I think, I think they, I think the studio can kind of switch gears faster. So maybe they can ride the wave longer. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Well, I think, and I, I said true, even though I, I agree with a lot of the stuff that you said, I said it's true just because of what's been going on lately. Whenever something comes out that is more original, it doesn't make as much money as the stuff that's either a reboot or a sequel or something like that. And what I'm afraid of is that as that goes into the future, we're going to start seeing less and less of the original stuff. Like we had in the, in the original movie of Pacific Rim a couple of years ago. Yeah. I liked it. It was original. I think it was based off of a comic, but it was something that we hadn't really seen. And it didn't make as much money as like Age of Ultron that came out this summer, you know, because they're they're going to put their bank on stuff that they know is going to make a lot of a ton of money and because Avengers made, you know, a billion dollars a couple of years ago, then they know that this one's going to make a lot of money even though it's not as good of a movie as the first one, you know. It's 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 a good movie, but it's not as good. People are going to go see it because they've been waiting for it for 3 years. And they've gone and seen all these other films in between that psyching right. them up and getting them ready for it. I was and, I was gonna say is is that even like obviously the the Marvel movies are kind of the you know the the gold standard I guess right as far as far as cranking these kind of movies out but it's almost they're almost a different kind of movie like they're almost yeah they're comic book movies or they're superhero movies but the way they all interact and interweave it's almost a new kind of genre. Right. So I don't know if it's even fair to like to compare them with you know quote unquote regular movies because right. I mean they they are by their nature 
more episodic. Like, you know there's going to be, it's not like you ever just have one comic book. Right. You know, like, the, the, it's, it's, it's designed to be a, a big story arc, and it's designed to interact with all these other, you know, Marvel stories. Uh, so I, I, it's almost, it's almost inherent in the kind of movie that it is that there have to be sequels for it. Right. You know? Yeah, and I, I get that. There's there's been sequels. Movies have had sequels since you know forever. You know, The Godfather Part Two. You know, was right. was a sequel, and there's been sequels, but even before that. But I just I get the feeling that Hollywood just wants the sequels more than they want to look for original content. Just because if you go if you go on Wikipedia and you look at if you look up like 2016 in film. You're gonna you're gonna find that more than half of those movies that are listed that's coming out next year are gonna be either they're either gonna be a sequel or they're gonna be a reboot to some TV show or something or a, or an old movie like I think Ghostbusters is coming out next year and it's it's yeah. a it's a reboot you know it's not a sequel it's not a sequel but it's a it's like they're rebooting the the story and everything right. or it's or they're going to be an adaptation of a comic book or something like that that, that those are the three things that that the studios are are banking on right now yeah i think it's almost like you know and, and uh, you know i'm i'm not in the biz but it, it seems like writers from the studio perspective at least the writers are kind of the most dispensable part of the equation like if you if you've got a good if you if you got a big name director, you know you can they can make a movie like kind of and they kind of get to call what they want the movie to be. If you got a big name actor, they kind of get to pick what their movie is. Writers kind of are kind of at the whim of you know the studio. I think maybe more than even anybody else. Like so so uh, like yeah, I'll invest in a movie because it's a Spielberg movie, or I'll invest in a movie because it's a Tom Cruise movie. And I can be pretty assured, no matter what it is, you know, a lot of people are going to see it because they're fans of Spielberg or Tom Cruise. But, you know, that might not be the case for, and I can't even, that's sad that I can't even name a movie, a lot of writers that aren't also directors. But Right. You know, I, but, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, and that, I think, I think that's kind of what the studio banks on, too. So, like, if, if I, if I get a director, I'll just stick them on a movie that I, and that, and that's kind of the easiest thing to do. It's like like sequels are like the fast food, you know. Right. It's like the fast food of the movie industry. I'll just I'll just stick them on this thing, so people who want to see this thing will go see it, and people who like this director will go see it, as opposed to you know this original thing that I don't know the director, I don't know the star, and it might be a hit or it might not. And th- and that's kind of the you know what I was talking about before with kind of the the hidden gems. That always pop up. Like what, a few of them sneak through every year, but I, I do. I mean, you're you're definitely right as far as them not being like the priority of the, of the industry. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's totally a bad thing because there's a lot of these sequels that come out that I love, you know. And like The Force Awakens comes out at Christmas, and I'm going to be there probably opening day or soon after. Right. You know, I'm just ex- as excited about that as anybody else. I'm just afraid that 20 years from now. When they're rebooting stuff that they're making right now, <laughs> you know, because wow. we had in what was it, 2000, 2001 or two thousand two when the first uh, Tobey Maguire Sp- Spider Man film yes. came out, 
And then yeah. 10 years later, we're rebooting it again. And, and I've said this a million times and some, some of my friends on Facebook have said the same thing. If you're going to make a superhero movie, you don't have to keep showing us the origin over and over. Thank and over. you. I, I made this argument. And Go it wasn't back. even an argument. Yeah. Nobody disagreed with me. Like I was saying this in the office, I think on Friday, like everybody gets Superman. We know Superman. If, right. Like, we know Spider-Man. We know Batman. You know, if you're doing somebody more obscure, if you're doing Iron Man or Doctor Strange, sure. But like, you know, kind of like the top five, right. you don't need the origin story. Like a flashback. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. Go back and the, go back and par- watch. Um, go back and watch Tim Burton's Batman from nineteen eighty nine. Exactly. That's yeah. all you need. That's all you need. Just do a story about Batman versus the Joker, and do a couple of scenes where he has a flashback because everybody already knows the story. And if yes. you're going to do like with the the Amazing Spider Man, they took his origin and they kind of tweaked it a little bit and put like a conspiracy with it or whatever. Yeah, you can you can do that without showing the whole thing all over again too. You know, you can you can have him uncovering secrets and all that kind of stuff. And now I think they're they're going to reboot Spider-Man again because the that last one correct. didn't make enough money and they're going to turn it. Now it's going to be the spectacular Spider-Man and they're going to tie him in with the MCU and everything so that he can be part of this uh, civil war that's coming up next year. Yeah, they're basically, they have to legitimize <laughs> his uh, um, his brand again by, by sticking him with, with the Marvel movies. Right. And my I, didn't, next- I didn't see that. I didn't see Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man One, I kind of didn't like. I, like I know it was generally kind of. I thought it was, and maybe part of it was still. I, I'm with you. Like I didn't see the need yeah. to reboot him. And if you were going to reboot him, I didn't need, see the need for another origin story. Yeah, so it, it probably had a couple of strikes against it already in my book. And but vi- I, I felt like it was kind of a jerk too. <laughs> well, visually, it was a good movie. It had some great effects. Um, but I don't need to see Uncle Ben get shot again. I've already seen that. <laughs> You know, I, I know how it happens. I know how he becomes Spider-Man. Um, right. The second one, I like parts of it. I didn't like parts of it. Um, I like that it kind of stuck with the um, with the uh, comics, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there's there's some stuff that happens in the comics that they stuck with in this movie that I liked that would have led into more stuff in another movie that they're not even going to make now. But right. I thought um, I didn't really like Jamie Foxx's role. What was his name that he was Electro or, or something like that? Yeah, I believe if he again, I haven't seen it. So, yeah. but based on my knowledge of Spider Man and what I think I've seen in the commercials, yeah, he was Electro. Yeah, and I didn't really, I didn't really like his role. I, and I, I like Jamie Foxx. I've seen a lot of stuff that he's in that I did like. I just didn't like him in this. Uh, I think he needs to. I think he needs to steer clear from science fiction. I don't think it's his. Uh, I don't think it's his, in his wheelhouse, you know. But right. that, all of that kind of. My second statement kind of goes with what we were just talking about. So I'll, let me read the second statement. Okay. Disney is stretching themselves too thin and oversaturating the market with science fiction, and people are eventually going to get tired of it. False. 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 Everyone needs more science fiction yeah. all the time. And I agree with that. I agree it's false. It's just that Disney basically owns Marvel, most of Marvel. You know, there's some of those characters that are owned by, you know, Fox still owns the X-Men and Sony owns Spider-Man. And, right. And Fox owns uh, Fantastic Four. But as far as all the Avengers and everything, that's all Disney now. And now right, Disney, owns, see, Disney owns Star Wars now, too. But, right. But I, I, I think 
That's, I mean, I feel like it's almost a different question. Like, is, are, like, there's two different questions. Like, are they making, are they making too many? Right. Is there too much, is there, are there too many sci-fi comic book, like, superhero movies out there? Or is Disney just too powerful an entity and it must be contained? Yeah, that's not really the question. I mean, (laughs) Disney is a powerful overlord as far as, uh, as far as uh, Hollywood goes, but, the the fact that a lot of their properties that they're that they're really milking right now are sci-fi and fantasy based so so just this year we got uh what three marvel movies i think and uh and we're getting the uh, star wars so that's four coming from one studio and there has been sci- science fiction stuff coming from other studios as well so yeah. do we feel like too many of the movies that are coming out are science fiction and people are going to end up getting tired of it. Cause it, you know, there was a time when science fiction was not mainstream. If you were into science fiction, you were considered to be a nerd yeah, and there yeah. was maybe one or two movies that were catered to you that came out every year. Right. You're not going to see the, the average random person walking around with like a little green lantern emblem on their shirt. That was not right. That, that said something about you back right. in the day. That was not, uh, <laughs> But, but no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think whether or not Disney, like, even if Disney didn't own all of these properties, and you know, Marvel was its own studio, and you know, whatever, everybody else was under their own thing, and the same amount of sci-fi movies came out, I don't. I, I would. I would be fine with it. I think. I think. Uh, you know, if Disney has the talent. And the money to keep cranking out, you know, average, pretty good, or very good superhero sci-fi movies, you know, more power to them. Right. <laughs> Literally more power to them. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with that. I, I, I think I think that there's a, a big enough of an audience. I went to Magic City Con a couple weeks ago, which is the... Um, a comic book convention that we had here in Birmingham. It's the, it's been the first one that we've had, you know, in a while, but there's a lot of, there was a lot of people there wearing all kinds of costumes that love science fiction and fantasy. And I think that if there was a brand new sci-fi film that came out every single weekend, I think they would fill the seats, you know? So I, I I don't think that, I don't think that it's going to be oversaturated. Now I don't want to go to the theater and, there not be anything playing but sci-fi because sometimes I want to take my wife to the movies and let her pick a movie and she's going to pick some romantic comedy or something and that's fine because she's not she's not as into it as I am. She doesn't want everything that she watches to have spaceships and superheroes and stuff like that in it, you know. Sure. But um, so let me read the this will be the third this will be the final one for this game. Okay. Um, third and final statement: James Cameron is working on Avatar two and Avatar three. The expectations built by the first film are too high, and he'll never be able to reach that, thus giving the entire franchise a black eye. Do I have to pick true or false? You can say uh, whatever you can say whatever you want to. I would. I will say. Uh, I have no idea. I I am hopeful. Um, you know, because if you remember, the expectations for the first movie were pretty high. Yeah. You know, it, it cost you know. A hundred thousand billion for billion dollars to make, 
and James Cameron, he's using all these new techniques, and it's going to be the most 3D experience ever, and, oh, and, you know, every time one little image would come out, everybody would get all excited, oh, my goodness, basically, what is happening with The Force Awakens now was how Avatar was back then. Right. And, and as excited and, you know, nervous and hopeful as people were about the Star Wars movie, that's how they were with Avatar, and Avatar delivered. You know, I know opinions vary. For me, it was a fantastic movie. I felt like visually, it is to date the best 3D film I've ever seen. Absolutely, and, and nobody's done anything like it since either. No, no, and which is kind of disappointing because, you know, when Terminator 2 came out, he 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 set the bar high. You know, like oh, is he cost, is, which is not that big a deal now. But oh, he's pay, he paid a hundred million dollars to make this movie. Oh, what's going on? Right. Blah, blah, blah. And he redefined what CGI could do. Like he, you know, and the story was good. The acting was good. And, you know, he hit it out of the park. So I am hesitant to ever count a James Cameron movie out before I see it. You know, he, he is, he has shown, he has a track record of, uh, of delivering, of delivering on his cinematic promises. So I guess if I were to say true or false, I would say false, but we all know sometimes great directors can make not-so-great movies. Batteries Not Included comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's cute, I guess. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, 80s movies, but, uh, you know, they're not all they're not all winners. So I, I, am, I, I am going to give a tentative false and keep my fingers crossed. And I don't know whether I want to say true or false to that either, because um, you and I went on a road trip once when we were doing that sales job to Enterprise, Alabama, which is a very small town in uh, almost southern Alabama, not quite. And while we were there, there was nothing to do in this town. There was one movie theater, and we went to see a film that had just come out called The Matrix. And right. we fell in that. love. We fell in love with that movie. That we thought could, once again they were doing things that had never been done before, which everybody's doing them now, or they've done them so much that they're played out. You know the whole dodging the bullet, the bullet time thing, and everything. Right. But when we heard that they were making a sequel to the Matrix, like, oh, they can't go wrong with that, <laughs> right? And they made yeah. it, and they did the same thing. They made a sec, a, t- a two, and a three, almost simultaneous. Right. And released them within what, maybe a year of each a other? A year, yeah. And the third movie was so strange to me that I, 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 I can't really even tell you what happened in the third movie anymore because I, I saw it one time when it came out and I haven't seen it since. But that's what I'm afraid is going to happen with Avatar. That the second one is going to be kind of, we're going to, we're going to like it just because we're going back to this world. We're seeing all these 3D effects all over again. And it's not going to be as good of a movie as the first. Right. Which, I mean, to to be honest, the first movie, story-wise, had been done before. I mean, basically, it was... He's dancing. the chosen one. It, was, and, dan- it yeah. was Dances with Wolves on another planet, basically. I mean, it was the same story. Kind of, you know, Pocahontas or whatever. Right. But I'm afraid that the second movie is going to be okay... And we're going to like it just because of what it is. And then I, I'm afraid the third movie is going to be like an also ran. Thing, you, know? <laughs> well, you, you know what? When it comes to, 
I'm, I'm not sure how society or Hollywood kind of decided that the trilogy is like the perfect form. Like, you know, three movies is like the perfect amount of movies, but you know, it, it's, it's kind of this unwritten rule. Right. You know, if you go past three, you really, it, you're really just scraping the bottom of the barrel. You got to do three and then you got to have an animated series. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but like, you know, obviously the Lord of the Rings, um, you know, the original Star Wars. I, I feel like if you know from the beginning that you're telling this story and all three parts are really like from, from your conception, like all three parts are really part of the same big story, then you're probably going to be okay. I guess, right. you know, if, if you don't, and, and Harry Potter obviously is more than three movies, but it's, it's one continuous story. So even if you change directors and, you know, change your, your, uh, your Dumbledore right. in the middle, uh, you know, it's kind of the force of the, the overarching story can kind of carry you along and you, you know, just kind of trust the material and you'll be okay. And so I guess the, the reason I can't give or you can't, either of us can give a more uh, definitive true or false is because we haven't seen part two. Right. You know, you, you kind of get a sense of how well they're keeping, how well they're doing after you see the second one. You know, it like, uh, and you know, to, to go to your example of the Matrix, um, you know, yeah, like the Matrix was, you know, very original in a lot of ways. Um, and you kind of got the sense that, I mean, it certainly set itself up for a sequel, you right. know, now that they have their hero and he can understand what he can do and all that. But it could have gone either way, and it kind of did. It kind of it kind of went both ways at once. Yeah, uh, you know. So the second one, I I felt like I felt like the Matrix movies were kind of like a consistent kind of stepping down. Like the first one was amazing. The second one I thought was pretty good. It had but its then, moments. It had yeah. its moments. Yeah. Uh, what's to me still one of the best chase scenes in like movie history. When the they, the fish burning the card card chase. Yeah, scene. yeah, going after the the keymaster. Right, was great. yeah, oh, that was great. Um, uh, the third one, I'm with you. It it kind of it was kind of like a more abstract way to kind of tie up all the loose ends they'd set up, I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, I, I I feel like after. You know, again, to go back to my original point, if 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 the story is already one story just in three parts, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be great. I hope it'll be great. Yeah, I'm praying it'll be pretty good. Yeah, and just <laughs> a little bit of trepidation going into that second film. If it's a, uh, you know, I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's still going to take my money. I mean, don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still scary. going to pay to see the IMAX 3D. You know whatever super stereo surround sound version of it. But. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we go in, we're going to do a news segment in a minute where we're going to talk about some of the news stories that uh, entertainment movie news stories that have come out in the last uh, week or so that we want to discuss. But uh, before I do that, uh, John and I are both writers. I write a lot of science fiction and fantasy type stuff and also a uh, blog. John's been doing a lot of freestyle haiku lately and periodically through the show, I'm going to cue John <laughs> And he's going to give us a freestyle haiku based off of what we've been talking about or 
any topic that uh, is on his is on his mind. So, John, you ready to give us one now? Uh, I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. We'll do Can the we'll do the news and then we'll do it after that. So, all right, that's fine. Okay, so our so this segment is uh is the news and I've got a, two stories that I wanted to share that um that have come up in my Facebook feed over the last uh, week or so, but. The first one is that the Deadpool trailer came out this week and it looks like it's going to be a lot better than I had originally thought because when I heard that Ryan Reynolds was playing Deadpool, are you familiar with Deadpool? I am and I've got my Haku ready. Ready? Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So uh, for those of you less familiar, a Haiku is a, originally it's a Japanese form based on like nature, but the, uh, the basic form is uh, five syllables in the first line, seven syllables in the second line. And five syllables in the third and final line. <clears throat> so here we go. <laughs> Hollywood sequels. By definition, repeat again and again. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Please proceed. Yes, I'm familiar with Deadpool. Okay, okay. Well, um, when I heard that he was playing Deadpool, all I could think about was. X-Men Origins Wolverine because he played Deadpool in that movie. Uh-huh. And I didn't really like that movie and I didn't really like that portrayal of, portrayal of Deadpool. But this movie looks like it's going to be really good and it's going to be the first uh, MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's going to be the first one of those movies that's going to be rated R. The trailer, hey, Did you watch the trailer? I did. Okay. It's the first... The, the trailer was Red Band, Not Safe for Work. And... Um, so this movie's going to have a lot of violence. It's going to have a lot of swearing. I like that Marvel is taking one of its more adult properties and they're not going to water it down so that it'll fit into the MCU. Right. I'm sure that if they, if they try to blend him in with Captain America or something like that later, they'll have to water him down a little bit, you know, it's just because those movies are PG 13. Um, but, but I like that, um, that they're taking, you know, one of their more adult comic books and they're not dumbing it down to do a film. This looks like it's going to be pretty hardcore and it looks, it looks really good. What what did you think about it when you saw it? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I am looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with Deadpool. I can't say I was like the biggest, uh, Deadpool fan yeah. or anything, but, um, I mean, I, I knew who he was. Um, and honestly, I I saw him. I came to know him most. I can't remember the name of the the web series, but it was like uh, after hours or something. But basically, it was a YouTube show where this guy would, uh, when superhero movies kind of first started picking up steam and coming out a lot, he would do just little animated and like stop motion with his toys, um, animated little segments and stories. And they're actually surprisingly well written and very funny. But Is it anyway, kind of, kind of like Robot Chicken kind of stuff. Yeah, it was it was very Robot Chicken. Okay. Uh, not not as not as dirty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more family friendly. Uh, but yeah, that was and he would use Deadpool a lot, and so that was kind of where I, I first became more familiar with him. But um, yeah, I was I was actually thinking the same thing um, that it's. You know, again, kind of touching back to Disney expanding its ever-growing empire. Yeah. You know, right now they're in the nice, safe 
PG, PG-13 realm. So you can kind of basically go see the family. And yeah, someone might get shot or someone might die, but it's not, you know, it's not going to be super gory. You know, somebody might fall to their death or, you know, but it's not, you know, basically, you know, Disney rules. Well, I don't think they're going to have the little di- the the Cinderella castle at the beginning of the film or anything like that. <laughs> right, right, but <laughs> unless he's blowing it up, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I was like, it. He is the first one that's kind of going into, uh, you know, definitely the first one is going into the R territory, and I and I wondered if they would also. I guess they kind of don't have to go in the other direction. Like they don't need to do anything that's particularly G rated. To kind of swoop up that market because basically your seven your seven year olds they can see the Avengers you know right it the, yeah there's some fighting there's some violence and you know some aliens get killed but they're just aliens yeah well you know Big Big Hero Six is a Marvel property yeah that came but, out yeah. a year or so ago and it was a animated you know kids film and everything and it was it was pretty good but it, it was yeah. based off of a comic so. Right. So they can go that direction if they want, I guess. But I do like that, you know, we, we're getting some of these comic book movies because everybody loves the comic book movies. Even if you don't read a lot of comics, you still watch these movies. And like um, the trailer for Suicide Squad came out yes. a couple weeks ago, and it looks like it's going to be pretty dark, too. I don't know if it's going to be R-rated, but it looks... I feel like it should be. It looks pretty dark. Yeah, I feel like it. I just assumed that it was. Maybe I, I shouldn't have, but I just I figured it was. It seems. Uh, I mean, just I don't know. Like, I mean, there are, there are some like comic book movies that didn't do that well. Um, not not the what were they called? They were the Expendables. They were. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, what I'm talking about like the. Uh, well, the Suicide Squad was. Um, I mean, there there is a series of comics. The the only thing that I knew him from, because I never read any of the, any of those comics, but, and it's a DC property. It's not a Marvel property. I had to point that out, but, um, there was an animated film that came out. Uh, I forget how long ago it was. It wasn't that long ago, but it was basically the suicide squad. Even if it wasn't called that, the only difference was, I don't, oh, think, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think the, I don't think the animated film had the, had the Joker as part of the team. I know Harley Quinn was in there. No, he wasn't part of the team, but he did. Uh, he made an appearance. He, yeah, he was yeah. in the in the film. Yeah. So I'm so I'm looking forward to that. I, I mean, I, I like, I love the Avengers films, but sometimes you want your superhero to be a little more on the dark side, you know, because you know they've got you know they're, they're wrestling with demons or whatever, and you want to see some you want to see some of that, you know. <laughs> sometimes literally wrestling with demons, right? <laughs> You, the, um, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And sometimes you just, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just like there are, you know, when video games first got big, you know, all of the games were, you know, they're basically built for kids or maybe teenagers. And <laughs> the term adult game meant a very different thing. Like it, it, it was basically kind of like, you know, it, was all, it almost, if you said an adult game, it's like, oh, it's kind of sexual. Like, was it Leisure Suit Larry? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but now, no, they're, they're just good games. Like, uh, Drake's Fortune, it comes to mind. Like, that that is a wonderful game, but it is definitely not for kids. Right. You know, it's it's not that it's overtly sexual or overtly gory, but it's, you know, it's it's like a, a, like some, an already movie can be. Like, it, it is 
it could be it could be sexual. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be. Like to me, that's kind of anytime you place a restriction, or or more specifically, anytime someone else places a restriction on whatever the artist's vision is, you know, you kind of you might be messing with the formula a little bit. So yeah, yeah so the, the closer they can kind of stay to um, the the original, the quote unquote, the original of the comic, I think it's probably for the best. Yeah. And you can't, you can't go in as with a mindset of just because it's a comic book movie or it's a superhero movie that it's going to be okay for kids because there's cartoons that are not okay for kids. You know, six year old, six year old kids don't need to be sitting down and watching South Park, you know, but so, you know, there's adults that have been reading comic books and watching superhero movies since they were little kids and they don't necessarily want the movie, all the movies coming out now to be for kids. They want them to be for them. You know, right. that's why I really liked the um, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. You know, that series, I liked that because it was a more adult version of Batman. It was more, it was darker, you know, and I liked it better. I definitely liked it better than Batman and Robin. You, know? <laughs> you, you couldn't right. have got any worse than that. But do, do you have any uh, news stories that you want to that you want to share? Um, no, I, as a general rule, well, I can I guess you touched on it too, that, uh, uh, you know, the Deadpool trailer and the, um, the Suicide Squad trailer, um, as a general rule, I am, I'm, I am almost, um, phobic at this point when it comes to, to spoilers. So like, I'm, I, even new trailers, like when, you know, photos, yeah. Oh, there's there's a there's a scene that's been leaked online. Of, oh, you can see the Millennium. I'm like, I don't want to see it now. Right. Okay. You know, I don't, don't want to see it yet. Um, they do a lot of that now. Yeah. You. Yeah. I, it's I, almost I, like, and you, and you know why? Because the the one that kind of turned the tide for me uh, was Terminator Two. When Terminator Two, because I'm old enough when the, when this came out, when Terminator Two, like when the commercials came out, before the movie came out. Um, you know, it was, everybody was really excited about the movie because everybody loved the Terminator and everybody knew how much money was put into it and everything. And so everybody kind of scraped for every little nugget that they had. And as a result, before the movie started, probably months before the movie, you know, before I watched the movie in the theater, I knew that Arnold Schwarzenegger was, you know, had been reprogrammed to be good or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And, but you could, but when you sat down to watch it, if you did not know that, it would have been a surprise. If you watched the first movie and then you watched the second movie, you would have been right there with little with uh, Linda Hamilton, thinking that he's out to kill. Like you wouldn't know that. And I feel like I was robbed a little bit of that experience because I already knew the twist. You they, know, they did I, that. With, they did that with the new one. Have you seen the Terminator Genesis? I haven't seen the movie. I've seen the commercial. They did that with this one because, uh, you know, this film is they're kind of playing with the timeline a little bit. And you get to see Kyle Reese go back in time. And when he gets to 1984, you know, Sarah Connor already knows about Terminators and she already has a She has her own Terminator that she calls Pop. And, uh, and, it, <laughs> okay. and it, it's Arnold, you know, and then there's there's a whole timeline jump where they jump forward in time to try and stop. Judgment Day all over again and everything, but uh, John Connor shows up in the trailer attacking them because he's the bad guy now. 
Oh, see, I didn't know that. They show, well, I'm, well, it was in the trailer. That's what, that's, <laughs> I that's told what, you, I didn't just yeah, say that, I was avoiding them. I'm sorry, but that, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> they spoiled it in the trailer. And, that's fine. And I thought, you know, okay, so they're making John Connor the bad guy or whatever. Um, I knew that going in, but as I watched the movie, I realized that they didn't have to say that in the trailer because the way that they actually play out the scene, you see John Connor come into the come into the room. You'd already seen him at the beginning, so you know what he looks like. You know who he is. He right. comes in, and they're trying to figure out why how he got there because they're back in time and everything. But then he attacks him. And if I hadn't known that he was going to do that ahead of time, then it would have surprised me, you know. And I kind of felt a little bit robbed there, and I just took that karma and robbed it from you. So, <laughs> yeah. So. Thanks. <laughs> well, let me, uh, all right. One other story that I wanted to talk about was that, um, Steven Spielberg is directing the film adaptation of Ready Player One. And they, they announced that a few months ago that he was going to be the director. But yeah. this week they announced that the movie was going to come out on December 15th of 2017, which is actually sooner than I expected it because if this movie is going to do that book any justice, and I know. I saw online that you've read the book. You know what I'm talking about, right? I did. I've, I've, okay. I've, um, yeah, I listened to the audio book. Yeah, that's what I did. I listened to the audio book because uh, Will Wheaton was reading it and everything. It was pretty cool. But yeah. um, So if this movie is going to do that book any justice, it's going to be pretty intense and have a lot of special effects and everything. But I think that if anybody can do it, Spielberg is going to be the guy that's going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, I feel like um, the big challenge – the big challenge with that movie is, uh, like, I guess getting, getting the rights to all the properties. Because, you know, basically, for those who aren't familiar with Ready Player One, um, and I was, I'm surprised, like, I, it took me as long as it did to kind of find out about it. A friend, uh, turned me on to it. It's like, you have to read this book. This is so you. Yeah. Um, so, but basically, it's, you know, the, the near future, and there is, kind of this virtual version of the internet that everybody can log on to. And just like the internet, people can kind of create their own stuff. So people build worlds based on Star Wars and Star Trek and, you know, Terminator and zombie movies. Basically, if Harry Potter world and anybody on the internet, anybody logged into this system called the Oasis, can go there and visit these places. Right. So in order to really do that in the film in order to like make it sell they have to have that stuff or at least some you know reasonable facsimile of that stuff and I, and and again like you know Spielberg's he's the man like yeah. he's got he's got the money he's got the clout he he did it for um Roger Rabbit basically you know he got he got the right to use all these different cartoon characters from all these different studios so he's also got the experience on how to do that. Um, so I'm, yes, I'm with you. I am very hopeful. And this would be one of those movies that I wouldn't mind if they split it into two or even three stories. They may have to. At least it's, two, it's pretty yeah. huge. Yeah. It's pretty huge. I think one of the catches is going to be there's a lot of those worlds in that, in, in the oasis that, um, that he talks about, but he doesn't actually go to. So I think like the Star Trek world, you probably won't see it just because he doesn't actually ever go there in the, in the story. He just talks right. about it. One of the things that's going to, 
that I think is going to happen is that the, the movie I think is owned by Warner Brothers. I think they're the ones doing the movie. So uh. like there's there's a scene in the movie where he finds a basically this story is a giant Easter egg hunt. The the guy that created this virtual world died and he left in his will that he hid this Easter egg somewhere in the oasis and whoever finds it is basically going to be the the ruler of the oasis and get all of his fortune and get and, and own everything. And um and there's all these levels. You have to find three different gates and when you, well you have to find the key to the gate and then you have to go in the gate and you have to you have to play defeat a game. The challenge. Yeah, you have to defeat a challenge and then you you win that that gate and there's three of them, you know. And one of the gates when he goes through it is that he finds himself inside the movie War Games as Matthew Broderick's character. And he has to go through the entire movie almost doing like a guitar hero kind of thing where he has right. to say the lines at the right time and say them with the right inflection and all that kind of stuff. But Warner Brothers doesn't own the rights to war games. So I think that when he goes in that gate, you're going to find that it's going to be a different movie. You know, right. it, it'll be a Warner Brothers property instead of whoever owns war games, and, which will still work. I mean, it'll be, yeah, it'll be I'll the be same fine with thing, that. you know. I'd be fine with that. And, if it uh, if it is a classic to the level of War Games, and Warner Brothers certainly has their share, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, um, or maybe it'll just, maybe it'll be actually he, it could be Back to the Future because it's Spielberg, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, hey, that would make work. Marty McFly. That that would actually that would, be that would work. awesome because that, that'll be the fanboys uh, that that want uh, Back to the Future Four so bad. You know, maybe we'll <laughs> maybe that'll <laughs> satisfy them a little bit because. Back to the Future 4 is not ever going to happen, guys. I mean, no. <laughs> I don't no. think, I think that you'll be more likely to see a reboot before you'll see a sequel because for one thing, Michael J. Fox is too old to be uh, playing Marty McFly and Christopher Lloyd is too old to be playing the doc. But, uh, the main topic for every episode of this uh, podcast, Cosmic Potato is going to have a main topic and, um, Usually it'll be, it'll be something like if it's, a, if we're doing a podcast in October, we'll talk about horror movies. If we're doing a podcast in December, we'll be talking about, um, Christmas movies. I thought about maybe for, uh, if we do one next month that we'll do like a back to school theme and we'll talk about school films and stuff like that. But since this is our first episode, I thought that we'd just talk about some of the stuff that we're, wa- that we've been watching lately, whether it be films that are actually in the theater right now. Or TV shows that are on right now, or if you saw a movie that came out 20 years ago and you want to say something about it and recommend it or whatever, we'll do that. And uh, and I'll I'll start because I've been trying to catch up on some of the movies that came out over the summer and uh, a couple of them that have come out over the last couple of weeks. I already talked a little bit about Terminator Genesis and 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 ruin the twist for John, but uh, <laughs> but I did see the. Um, the new Tom Cruise film, uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, the other day. I've not seen it. Looking forward to it. I'm not gonna spoil, I'm not gonna spoil anything for you, but th- this is the fifth installment of the Mission Impossible series. And I think that by this point, even though Mission Impossible was a pretty famous TV series from the 60s, I think now the name Mission Impossible is more synonymous with the films than it even is with the, with the movies. I think if you went up to an 18 year old kid and you said something about Mission Impossible, he would, he would, talk about tom cruise he wouldn't talk yeah. about you know the, the the show but um i've liked all of those films so far some of them i've liked more than others you know i liked yeah. i two was okay three was better four was ghost protocol 
was was really good. Uh, but I I think that this one's probably the best that they've come out with so far. These movies are Tom Cruise's bank. This is what these are the films that he goes back to and makes so that he can afford to make the stuff that he knows isn't going to make as much money or is going right. to be kind of kind of out there more like Oblivion and um, like Vanilla Sky and stuff like that. that he made that, <laughs> yeah, and, and Oblivion still did okay. Yeah, and I mean it and, was good. It just doesn't yeah. have as big of a following as Mission Impossible. He knows that he's going to make gangbusters on Mission Impossible movies, so he so he keeps coming back and doing that. But you know. This one had a pretty big budget. Simon Pegg's a little more, he gets to be more of a, more of a star as it goes, th- goes along. So he gets a bigger part in each movie, you know, and then he's doing all the Star Trek films and stuff like that. Yeah. I was going to say, he's, he's kind of stumbled. He's kind of backed into a couple of nice franchises. Yeah. It? Yeah. And you know, Ving Rhames has a bigger role in this film too. Yeah. You know, he had to take a break from the Arby's commercials. Did you, did you know that he, <laughs> did you know he's the guy doing the Arby's commercials? The, I did not. We have the meat. Yeah, that's Bing Rames. <laughs> but uh, so he took a break from that, and, he, and he's got a he's got a little bit of a bigger role in this film. But I was I thought when Ghost Protocol came out, I kind of thought that um, what's the other guy's name? The guy that that plays Hawkeye in the Avengers, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I kind of thought he was going to take over. Yeah, a lot of people kind of thought that, but uh, you know, I, maybe they kind of looked at. And I and I didn't see it, but the Bourne movie that he he kind of stepped into. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it. I heard it wasn't that great. I know I didn't do. I haven't seen super it either. At, at the box it, office, yeah. so maybe they were kind of like, you know what? Let's just let Tom hold on to this for a while. And maybe maybe they just wrote a check that Tom couldn't turn down or whatever. And well, and I, and I think he's a producer too, so it's kind of yeah. You know, it, it's kind of. <laughs> I don't. I don't see Tom Cruise like kind of walking away from a starring role when he has, <laughs> when he has the opportunity. He's got you know, an ego. Yeah, he's got. I don't, I don't know the man personally, but it just kind of seems like you know, could I be lead or could I be supporting? I'm probably going to be the lead. <laughs> I mean, look at his face. But this, look at his face. Of course, I'm the lead. This time around, uh, Ethan Hunt doesn't have an official mission. He goes. He kind of goes. It's called Rogue Nation because he goes rogue because the. Uh, the impossible mission force is shut down and uh he's he kind of goes off on his own to try and stop the the, the syndicate you know right. but um so you don't you you still get the scene where you find uh your mission should you choose to accept it but there's a little bit of a twist on it and I'm not going to spoil that for you but uh but I do recommend it it's a it's a good movie so so what have you been watching lately I think the last movie I saw in the theater was Probably Avengers, I guess. Okay. Um, but I think the last, you know what? I'll, I, this this wasn't a movie, but it's a original Netflix series. Okay. Which um, uh, I've been pretty impressed by. So you know, basically DC kind of runs television shows for the most part. Marvel kind of runs the movies, and they're both starting to kind of seep into each other's territory. Um, obviously the, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, is on. Yeah. But, um, there's, uh, um, they, they did, uh, Netflix did a, a Daredevil series. I saw um, the, I saw the first one. I haven't seen the whole series, but I did see the first episode and I thought that it was, uh, it was, pre- I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. It was. I, I was, I was, and that's kind of, that's, that's an origin story that you need. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, Daredevil had his movie, but this is a different take on it. 
I think there's 13 episodes, and of course you can all watch them all back to back. Um, I was, it was, it was, it's well done. It's well done. He's not superhuman, you know. It, it shows. I mean, he has superhuman abilities, right? He's, but he's um, blind. He, he's blind, he, and he can, but he can use his hearing and other things like right. that to to know what's all, going all of his all of his other senses are enhanced to right. a ridiculous level. So it's you know, it's like you know, if you're around the corner from here, he can smell what you ate for breakfast. Like it's it's ridiculous. What I've and, read. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought no, no. no I was, I was going to say, but you know, he gets. When he's in a fight, you see that he's in a fight. Like he's, you know, he gets beat up. It hurts. Like he's he limps around. Like yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate the the humanness of this you know superhero character. Like I, I think with you know with, with uh, heroes like Thor and the Hulk and even Iron Man in his suit, like you know going toe to toe with Norse gods. Like it's it's. It's good to see someone take a punch and feel it. You know, it, it makes the characters uh, more relatable. So it's 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 well written. The kingpin in this series, it's it's great. Like uh, the the interpretation of how and why he does what he does. It's 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 a it's a very it's like a it's a well written show. That happens to be based on a comic book, which right. is you know kind of refreshing. Well, I heard that it's going to kind of be the first the first step, and um, Netflix is going to have four or five other series, and they're going to do like a season for each one. I think just they're going to do Jessica Jones, um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh-huh. and then they're going to do a a series of the Defenders. And Daredevil's gonna be part of that. That that's that's what I've read. But it's it's on Wikipedia, so you can take it or leave it, you know. But <laughs> well, that that sounds right. I mean, like they've they've definitely hit the magic formula of, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, they sold off Spider Man, and yeah, they sold off X Men because those were the ones that obviously their biggest names. But you know, Marvel has a you know, it's got a huge vault of characters that. You know, fans might know, but the average person doesn't. Like, like you know, I know who Iron Fist is. Yeah, <laughs> my brothers know who Iron Fist is. And I guarantee you, my wife has no idea. The you know? I heard that the Punisher is going to be in season two. I don't know if he's oh, should... Daredevil. Yeah, that fits. And I I, fits. I don't know if it's just going to be like a one episode thing, or if he's going to become a regular character on the show or whatever. But that'll be that'll be kind of interesting. But... Yeah, and and in the show, it's like they will reference, you know, the the events of the movies. Uh, because basically, I, you know, no spoilers, but, uh, <laughs> the Avengers ends in a big battle in New York. Yeah. And the Daredevil series takes place in New York. And, you know, so every, every so often, like one of the characters will reference the big fight at the end or one of the heroes because they're, they they exist in the same universe. Um, well, they call it like the incident or something like that. Or yeah. The incident. Yeah. <laughs> the you incident. know, like, uh, so unless you got like you know, unless you got a hammer and a and a pointy hat, you know, don't come around here with that. Like just every <laughs> every so often, they'll just they'll 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 make a reference, and I, and I, I appreciate it. It's good. Yeah. Well, while we're, well, since we're talking about uh, Marvel properties, uh, the another movie that I saw in the last uh, week or so was Ant Man, and um, I I want to see that. I'm really looking forward to it. I was kind of skeptical about this one just because 
I don't I don't really know a whole lot about Ant Man. You know, I've always thought of him as being kind of on the, the third tier as far as superheroes go or whatever. I know he's a founder of the Avengers and all that. Yeah. But I kind of thought the same thing last year when uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and that ended up being my favorite movie that came out last year. Yeah. You know, so um, I did like that it's something different. It's not a sequel to anything like we were talking about earlier. And also they they, they did an origin story, but I, I went back and read some of the origins and stuff of Ant-Man and I know that the, ori- the original <laughs> the original Ant-Man was uh, Hank Pym, I think that was his name. Yes. So this Ant-Man is not him. This Ant-Man is Scott, which was the second one. So this is a story of kind of the changeover, you know. So you're kind of getting the middle of the story. And I kind of like that. We didn't, we, it was an origin story, but it wasn't the origin story, you know, so it was a little bit different. So you, you still got some flashbacks showing the original Ant-Man and things like that. So, um, I did like, like I said before, that, that this wasn't a sequel to anything. I, I think that Marvel owns enough, and you were saying this a minute ago, Marvel owns enough characters to where we don't have yeah. to, ha- we don't have to have an Iron Man 3. You know, when we've got a hundred other characters that haven't had their movie yet. Right. Or whatever. So. I mean, they, they, yeah, they have so many characters. They can kind of just insert them. Like, I wouldn't mind, like, a Scarlet Witch Quicksilver movie could have worked. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, it's interesting, but they, they, they needed to get them in the Avengers and they, you know. Well, the, yeah, but, and the problem with that is that they, the Avengers They're kind of own, yeah. <laughs> the Avengers can't call them Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. They have to right. call them by their actual names because the X Men are owned by Fox, you right. know. And they're, you know, they could do like like Sony's loaning Spider Man to Marvel because they're smart. They know that they'll make money yeah. off, of it, you know. <laughs> exactly. So they're going to loan the character so that they can use him in Civil War next year. But you know, I like Guardians of the Galaxy because it wasn't. It was a Marvel movie. It was based on a comic, but it wasn't a superhero movie. You know, these were not superheroes. This was just right. like an interstellar, one of Marvel's more interstellar franchises and everything. And, and that's also why I think next year, the movie that I'm looking forward to the most from Marvel is going to be Doctor Strange because it's, it's going to be something different. You know, it's not going to be a rehash of the same stuff, but I'm also looking forward to, I have to admit, I'm looking forward to Cap- Captain America Civil War. Oh yeah, because I think that's, it's going to launch some stuff that's going to be that's going to go on for years in that in that franchise. That's probably the one I'm looking forward to most. I'm I I I'm a Doctor Strange fan actually, and I hope that it goes well. But I can't say I'm looking forward. <laughs> I can't say I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, you would think that Marvel would have proven itself at this point by you know kind of cranking out good movie after good movie. Yeah, but. You know, you just you just never know. As as a fan, as a lifelong fan of sci-fi and comics, I've been burned way more than I've been vindicated. Well, what do you think of Cumberbatch playing him? I think he's fine. I think he's a really good actor. Yeah, you know, I, 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 he can certainly do. No pun intended. He can certainly do strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he can. He can. You know, I think he. You know, it feels to me kind of like Robert Downey Jr. Like he he's got the acting chops to pull off, you know, the sincerity that you need to make you believe this 
fantastic stuff is actually happening. You know, and I think that the movies that he's in are better for him being in them. You know, like uh, yeah. uh, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness was good. I don't think it would have been as good if Cumberbatch hadn't been in it. And there's a lot of people that were mad about him being in it because of the character. And the movie's been out for a couple of years, but I still don't want to spoil it. The character that he's playing, right? Uh, you know, was played I on the like series by you know a, di- a person of a different ethnicity and everything, and that and and people were complaining about him playing it, but I think that he... That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that, that was a controversy. I guess I could see it. Yeah. Um, I didn't... I didn't. I wasn't aware that that was a thing. Yeah, you take a you take a character that's Spanish on the show, and then you flip him over and just turn him into a white guy. You know, it, <laughs> it ruffles a few yeah. feathers or whatever. Super white, because he's British. I, I still think that he was... <laughs> that he did a good job in that movie, you know. I, no, he did. I... I, I I think the only one I would have had an issue with is if they had, uh, is if Uhura was not African American. Right. I feel like that is kind of, that's kind of like the one you can't change. Yeah, because that Even, was iconic well, for the show. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Sulu as well, now that I think about it. Um. And then Chekhov, but Chekhov wasn't even played by a Russian on the show. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the, like, they kind of get a pass yeah. on Chekhov. But yeah, I feel like if, if Sulu weren't Asian, and Uhura wasn't black, that I would be kind of up in arms about. But I'm personally, um, and I will try to not spoil it as you have tried to not spoil it, but the type of person that Cumberbatch plays in Star Trek, I never especially associated with any particular race or ethnicity. I kind of got the sense, and I think maybe even in the movie, or even in the original series, uh, there was a variety of races. Because this person was basically supposed to be an enhanced human, which right. I didn't associate with any particular race. Yeah. By that same token, I could see if initially they were one ethnicity and then they got turned, quote-unquote, turned white, that also, what you trying to say? What you trying to say? Yeah. The perfect human has to be a white guy? Right. You know, so I could see it, but I didn't have that problem with it. The only the only other film that I've seen uh, recently that I wanted to touch on, and it's not because it's a wonderful movie, it's because it's been getting a lot of flack that I didn't think it deserved. But um, I watched the I watched the film Pixels the other day with the Adam Sandler comedy. It's got Josh Gad and uh, Peter Dinklage in it. Yeah, how'd that go? H- have you seen it? I've not seen it. I'm familiar with okay. it. Okay, so I, I, I know what it's about. If the, anybody that's listening, if you haven't heard of it, the basic plot is that. We sent a satellite up about 30 years ago with some information in hopes that aliens would find it. And one of the things that we sent was a videotape that had some footage from video games of the time like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong Asteroids, stuff like that. So 30 years later, aliens attack us with characters that look from look like they're video game characters. And they force us to play a tournament with them for the fate of the world and everything. So the movie's catching a lot of flack for being stupid. It is stupid. It's really stupid, but it's also really funny, and that that's that's what they were going for. I mean, you can't go into an Adam Sandler movie expecting that you're going to be seeing Sidney Poitier or something like that. You know, yes, it's a stupid that- it's a stupid comedy. Kevin James plays the president. He's the same guy that played Paul Blart Mall Cop. You know, but this movie is great for somebody that's our age that remembers playing some of these games for hours at a time. Um, it has some great nostalgic 
moments. Uh, had some really good special effects. It, the special effects were a lot better than I thought they were going to be for an Adam Sandler comedy. You know, like Pac-Man flying down the streets in New York eating everything in sight visually was awesome. Um, so I think that the bad ratings that it got were kind of unwarranted. And, and I, I do recommend the film that I'm not saying go into this movie thinking that you're going to see great acting or whatever, because it's a stupid Adam Sandler comedy, but at the same time, it's a really funny comedy and I really liked it. So, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, once again, we have a lot of these conversations at my job and I think like last week or so, um, you know, someone was talking about pixels and she was basically saying how much she hated Adam Sandler. Uh, she's, a, she's a little bit younger, you know, she's like in her twenties, I think. So she doesn't remember all the really funny Adam, yeah. <laughs> Adam Sandler movies. She just kind of knows like the, the grownups, you know, <laughs> the, uh, what was that movie? Like the blended, you know, she, yeah, she doesn't know, all, she doesn't, she, she doesn't know the funny. And even, what was the one where, even he, played like his, when, where he played his own sister that had Al Pacino? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah that was, I that was awful. The, the, I couldn't believe that, yeah. that uh, Al Pacino put his name on that movie, but <laughs> put his face on that movie either. But yeah. So like, I, but I'm, I made the same point to her. I'm like, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to say that Adam Sandler is a great actor. But I think he's an adequate actor. Like, I think Adam Sandler works with, he goes, he rises to whatever role he is, he chooses to accept. You know, but Adam Sandler, to his credit, will never lie to you. Yeah. If you look, you can tell from the commercial if it's going to be a piece of crap, or if it's going to be, okay, that looks kind of decent, or if it's going to be, you know what, this looks pretty good. Like, I've never, ever, ever been misled by an Adam Sandler trailer. And if I'm in the mood for Pixels, which is, you know, it seems silly, but possibly entertaining. Yeah. Or if I'm in the mood for, what was it, Punch Drunk Love, which seems dark and broody, but maybe Yeah, that was, that was a comedic. weird one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or if I'm in the mood for, uh, what was it, Hotel Transylvania, which seems, you know, surprisingly witty for an animated film. No, he, he, he delivers on what he promises. He may not deliver on what you want. Yeah. <laughs> but you will know that it's not what you want when you walk into the theater. So I, 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 I cannot fault Adam Sandler. You know. And you know, you knew. You knew what you were getting when you walked into Pixels. You know what happened. Yeah. If you, if you, if you buy a ticket to buy the one where he plays his disgusting twin sister. <laughs> You can't be mad at Adam Sandler for making a crappy movie. You should be mad at yourself for not doing the research. <laughs> and I think I think he's getting tired of some of the uh, bad reviews that he gets because you know he 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 knows that his movies are stupid. But if you sure. if you watch Grown Ups and Grown Ups, he's got 2, a family to feed. Yeah, you know he's got. <laughs> if you watch Grown Ups too, you realize you know that's not a great movie. But these guys making this movie had a great time making it. You exactly, know? and you can and you can tell that from the commercial. They're like you know none of these guys have to do this movie. Yeah. This is basically a paid vacation for them to hang out with their friends. And, that's really, <laughs> that's what that is. And so the like, next, they'll, they'll uh, say, I think his next four movies that he's going to make are going to be straight to Netflix movies. You know, he's not even going to make theatrical releases for a while. I think, I think that that has a lot to do with it because he gets a lot of flack for making dumb comedies that, you know, film critics don't think need to be in the theater. So he's like, okay, fine. I won't, I won't make movies for the theater. I'll put them on Netflix. So he signs a deal with Netflix for four films. He's already made right. one, and uh, it was called the 
the cobbler, I think. I don't know if you've seen that. It's on Netflix. Oh, you know what? I, I, that explains why. I, I, yeah, it just showed up in my Netflix, my Netflix queue. Um, but not like, I don't remember seeing any trailers for it. I figured I just missed it. Yeah. But, okay. That would explain. And it's it. not, it's not great. But it's not terrible. It's entertaining enough, you know. It's Adam Sandler, right? And it's, it's about, a little. Let's just, just be on his card. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam Sandler. I'm entertaining enough. <laughs> Isn't that on his card? Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I've been watching, uh, or I, I not been watching, but I did watch The Flash when it was on back in the fall of last year. Yeah. Did you Did you watch any of that? Yeah, I watched The Flash. Um, I liked it. That was a good it was, show. It was, and yeah, it's a good, I thought it was it's, very fun. Right. And it's a, it's a good, the, that, that one season is a good contained story. It had a beginning, it had a middle, and it had an end. And I mean, they still left a, a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the last episode, but right. if you didn't know anything about The Flash and you go in and you watch that one season, you wouldn't be lost, you know? Right. And, at, and if you did, yeah. Then you got a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, because like you the, if you eggs. if you watch the old series, and you know that John was it John Wesley Ship that played the Flash in yes. the original. He played his dad, and then Mark Hamill played the trickster, and he played he yep. played the trickster in the old series. And he stuff, revised so. his role. It was yeah, yeah, it was lots of lots of nods to the old series and the kind of larger DC. TV universe because I mean it, it's a spinoff from um, Arrow, which is based on the uh, Green Arrow yeah. comic book. Again, not a super well-known character like just to the general public. Yeah, um, but you know, well-known. He's, he's he's like Aquaman level. You know, he's 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 kind of known. Yeah, but you know, he's certainly not one of the I guess the big three. He's a member of the Justice League, but he's not one of the prime members of the Justice League. He's not, right. you know. Which is weird that the Flash is a spinoff from Arrow. Right, and Flash, He's a much more Flash prominent. is a prime member of the Justice League, right. and Arrow's not. But, but and I, to tell you the truth, I've seen Arrow a couple of times, but I haven't really seen all of them. It's on my Netflix queue, and I'm, I've been meaning to watch it for a long time. But the Flash has always been one of my favorite characters. So when I saw they were making a show of it, even though it was a spinoff of something that I hadn't seen very much, I still wanted to watch it. Not, and, and I think. It works. Even if you don't know a lot about Arrow, you can still watch this show and you won't be completely lost, you know, so. Yeah. So the, uh, the last, uh, segment for the show that we're gonna do is gonna be our assignment segment. And what we're gonna do is John and I are gonna assign a film to each other to watch so that on our next show we can talk about it. And these can be films that we really think the other person will enjoy. Or they can be films that we want to share just because of how bad they are. You know, we, we, we like some of the B movies or whatever. It depends on how evil we feel that particular day. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Yeah, but, uh, my assignment to use not, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that way. You may feel differently after you watch it. And you may have already seen it. If you've already seen the movie, don't tell me now. Just, you can either you can either watch it again. Yeah, you can either watch it again, or you can just wait until the next show, and we'll talk about it then. But um, the film I'm going to assign you is from 2011. It stars Justin Timberlake, Amanda Seyfried, and Killian Murphy, and it's called In Time. I'm not going to tell you anything about the plot or anything. We'll talk about all that next time. I I I think it's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix, but if it's not, I know it's on Google Play for like three dollars. 
So that's going to be what I'm going to assign to you for this this show. Uh, okay. Um, I want to give you a choice. Okay. Um, I want to play a little game. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. Mm-hmm. All right, you can watch uh, a very recent sci-fi movie, or you can watch, a, I believe, early '90s not sci-fi movie. Hmm. I'm gonna go with the early '90s. Okay. This movie, uh, it actually had two names because I think they they changed it when they re-released it overseas. So you can find it either under Mad Dog Time or Trigger Happy. Mad Dog Time or Trigger Happy. Well, I, I yeah, can tell you I haven't seen them because I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> starring uh, Jeff Goldblum, and you will be amazed at how many stars are in this film. But yeah, basically look up uh, Trigger Happy starring Jeff Goldblum and I believe that is also I think you can um, I think you can uh, Amazon that for like three bucks. Okay. okay. Alright. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell you anything about it either. Uh, it is not sci-fi but it does seem to exist in some sort of parallel universe where the normal rules don't apply. Okay. Uh, so yeah. This will be a good we we generally it seems we're we're in line pretty well on movie taste so let me let me give you something a little quirkier and see if you still okay <laughs> let's see see how close we line up all right but i i i i love this movie um I, I, it was i i discovered this when i you know when i was in college working part time at the the video rental store you remember those yeah we used to rent out yeah. videotapes remember those yeah I have a I have a fond place in my heart for uh for video stores. I wish I wish that I could just walk in a video store and just peruse for an hour or so looking for the perfect the perfect movie, but you know, right. alas, they are no more. <laughs> well, you know, you, you get the same experience just, you know, scrolling through Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and plus it's, it's I mean it's not as friendly as somebody walking up to you. But you know they make suggestions like, "Oh, you like this? Well, you probably like this." Yeah, that's the the, the age that we're in because I, you know I used to like to go in the video store. I'd pick up the movie, I'd look at the back of it, I'd read it, you know, and I just walk. I start on the. I go to Blockbuster, uh, and even before there was Blockbuster, I had a little video store in my town that you just start on one side and you walk all the way around because they're all in alphabetical order, you know. And and then you could go you could go into the middle of the store where the old movies were, you know. You, if you didn't want a new release, you wanted something older or whatever. But right. you know, now you just pull it up on uh, pull it up on your phone and <laughs> and uh, yeah. if it's on there, you know, there's, there and there's films that I remember from a kid from being a kid that I look on. I I can't find them anywhere anymore. When you're looking on the digital uh, catalog yeah, like Netflix what? or Hulu or whatever, and you can't you can't find them anymore. Right, and and I'm kind of spoiled at this point. Like, I just expect the internet to have everything, yeah. you know. Like, so that was, um, there was this made-for-TV film from I think it was early '80s. Um, it was animated, called Flight of Dragons, and it's from the um, the same company that did like the the Hobbit and um, um, the Lord of the Rings animated uh, movies. 
And that's actually the same style, like the original Thundercats, like the first couple seasons of Thundercats, it's the same company. Yeah, okay. Um, You know, like very the curvy looking muscles kind of animation style. But anyway, um, it's a a cute little family film, and uh, I wanted to show it to, I was, my my daughter is four, and I thought she'd enjoy it, because she's she's into dragons, and I was like, I, I... I was like, what do you mean I can't just order this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I can't just push a button and have it appear on my TV magically? I have to actually push a different button and have someone send me a disc? Madness. <laughs> yeah, and then so, there's yeah, some um, films that I look for and I can't find, or I can find them, but they want me to pay $15 to watch it. And I'm like, I, you know, I used yeah, to, I could go like, to Blockbuster, I'd pay $3 or whatever and, and rent it and take it home. Yeah. And you can't do that, you know, but. Well, and you know what? That also it's also a mark of, you know, I am not. Different people have different levels of what they are willing to do. Yeah, um, and I'm not one of the ones. Like I, I, I am not comfortable uh, just like downloading stuff on the internet. Like I, I am sure that I could get any movie I wanted for free. Yeah. You know, if I went to the right website and, you know, if I wanted to, I could just download it for free. I'm sure I could, I can, I'm sure I could see Ant-Man right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. If I went to the right, the right website, I could watch Ant-Man right now from the comfort of my home. Uh, but I just, I, you know, my brother's an actor. And so I know that, like, not that he's in Ant-Man, although ironically that was his nickname in college. <laughs> Because uh, his name is Anthony, not because he's diminutive. Anyway, uh, yeah, like that. I know that that takes money from the people who you know who do the work. Um, so yeah, I'm complaining because I couldn't see it, even though I know really I could if I wanted to go there. Right. But the good thing is that. Um the the way films are released now and that they, they come out brand new in the theater and two months from now yeah. they'll be on video that right. there was a time when a movie would come out and if you wanted to wait for it to come on video, you had to wait until next year. Yeah. You, know? you had to wait a year. Yeah. Yep. Now it's a couple months or, you know, in a couple months it'll be at the dollar theater and you can't afford to go there. <laughs> you know, you don't have to spend, right. uh, last time I took my, my whole family to the, to the movies, you know, me and my wife go, you know, every, every, you know, couple weeks or whatever. But the last time I took the entire family was to see Jurassic world. We saw Jurassic world in 3d and with popcorn, you got like one large popcorn and two large drinks. And I think I spent like $65 or something like that. Cause you have to, you have yeah. to pay extra for the 3d and all that kind of stuff. And right. you know, that is a ridiculous amount of money to pay for two hours of entertainment, you know, of, just sitting and watching a, a movie. So it a is. lot of times, you know, we'll wait until it comes to the dollar theater and we'll go watch it then, or I'll just wait until it comes out on DVD or something like that. You know what? That reminds me. Uh, so here's, here's John's helpful hint for the day. <laughs> you know, I was talking about like things that I wouldn't be willing to do. Yeah. yeah. Like little cheats I wouldn't do. Here's a cheat I'm perfectly comfortable doing. So the next time you go to the theater, um, you know, you get your popcorn, you get your drinks or whatever. Don't throw away your drink cups. Save your drink cups. <laughs> Take them home with you. Yeah. Yeah. And 
before you go to the movies, fill them up with your own beverages. There you go. Put put soda in them because they're not going to check to see if you got their soda or not. They don't care. They don't care that much. They know they overcharge for popcorn and soda. Still buy the popcorn if you want it, or sneak it in in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. I am perfectly happy. I'm I completely endorse uh, sneaking food into the theater. Don't make a mess. <laughs> Be responsible. My wife will take the when we when we go to the movies with the kids and everything. My wife takes the big purse. So yeah, exactly. we have uh, here in in Alabama. I don't know how widespread they are, but in Alabama we have the Dollar Tree, and uh, yeah. we'll stop at the Dollar Tree and buy a bunch of candy and chips and stuff like that, and stick yes. it in the big purse. And then when we get to the movie, we'll just buy one big drink because you can get refills on the drink. So, right. which is still like eight dollars for a <laughs> for a large drink, you know? But yeah, but um, we we yeah, load up load up the popcorn, put it in the big purse. Juju bees, M and M's, put them in the big purse, and you know, fill up your soda cups before you come to the theater. They're going to look to see. I mean, yeah, if, I, if you walk in with a bottle of soda, yeah, then yeah, they'll yeah, don't be stupid, be annoying. <laughs> you know. But yeah, if you walk in with their cup from their theater, which you paid for, you know, they're not going to care that you know. No. Well, I got I got to tell you, I worked uh, when I was probably nineteen twenty. I worked at a movie theater. I worked at the concession stand a lot, but sometimes I would be the guy tearing your tickets as you walk through the door. Nine times out of ten, unless the person tearing your ticket is the manager, that guy tearing your ticket does not care what you take in there. No. Because he's making minimum wage. Right. He's tearing tickets. He only care. barely cares if you have a ticket. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like. And if, he, if you put in a little effort into sneaking past him, and I, I'm on the fence about endorsing this one because I certainly did it when I was younger. I don't do it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, if you put a minimal effort into it, it's really not hard to sneak in and see a movie. Oh, all you gotta do is tell him, "Oh, I'm just going to the bathroom and go in the bathroom." And then when you come out of the bathroom, go in the movie. You know, we yeah. used to do it when I was a kid. I don't do it now, but you know, <laughs> we both issued that middle age disclaimer. Well, I used to do it. I don't it, do it well, now because I've usually got my kids with me, and I can't endorse my kids doing things like that. But exactly, <laughs> that's the only reason. That's the only reason any of us are better people because we have to be an example for someone else now. <laughs> but uh, I remember tearing tickets, and you know, guys would come in, and there was a like a Johnny Rocket hamburger restaurant right across the street from the theater. And people yeah. go in there and they get food and then they come in and they, they come up to me, you give me their tickets. And I look at them and say, you can't take that in there, <laughs> you know? And they look at me and say, oh man, come on, we haven't had dinner yet. And I'm just like, look, just don't leave the garbage sitting in your seat, you know, where they're going to know <laughs> right. that I let you walk through. And, okay, I promise I'll throw it away, you know? So, but all right, I think this is a good uh, stopping point for this episode. Uh, so, uh, Folks, we welcome you to watch these movies as well. Uh, you'll be able to enjoy our conversation about them when we get back together. Uh, and we also invite you to leave us some suggestions for other films that we can use in our assignment segment in the future. And I'm, I'm going to leave all the contact information at the end of the podcast. So you'll be able to get a hold of us through Facebook, Twitter, uh, our blog page, all that kind of stuff. So, John, before we sign off, do you want to give us another haiku? Uh. Give me a minute. Okay. Uh, that's going to pretty well wrap things up for us here. We're still touring around with the show, but as of right now, we plan on releasing a new episode about once a month or so. 
we may jump in with an extra one here or there if we can get our schedules to work it out. And we do have a vacant third chair. What we're wanting to do is have a rotating third chair so that we don't have um, the same third person every episode, maybe have a different person. I'm sure we'll do a lot of episodes where it'll just be the two of us. But, you know, if we could have a third person or even a fourth person come in to give us a different perspective every now and then, I think that that would be a lot of fun. So if you're interested in being on the show, send us a message on uh, Facebook or Twitter and uh, we will start putting together a list of people that want to be on the show and uh, try and work some of that stuff out. So that's it for our first episode and I think it went pretty well. All right, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I call this one the sign-off. To my friend, Sean Ray, thanks for the invitation. Live long and prosper. You're doing pretty good with those. I like them. <laughs> I do what I can. All right, so uh, thanks for joining me here today, John. And uh, also, I want to say uh, thanks to my wife and kids for keeping it down. They're actually not here. <laughs> They're actually not here. So thanks for taking the kids out while I record the first episode. And I also want to give special thanks to my friend uh, Rick Tatro on uh, Facebook for the advice. that he, he gave me some advice on how to get this whole thing set up and everything. So, uh, John, I appreciate you joining me here. No, I, I my haiku was sincere. I, I appreciate the invitation. It was, it was a nice surprise and... Uh, it was good. This is actually, I don't think we have actually spoken since, what, 98, 99? I think it's been, I think the last time that I actually physically spoke to you was about a year before I got married. And I got married in 2000, so 99, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we've, we've chatted a little bit on Facebook. I've commented on your, uh, on your page. You've commented on mine. Uh, so it, 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 uh, it was, it was it was very thoughtful and I and I truly uh, appreciate you, you you know you thinking of me to uh, um, as your as your uh, podcast co pilot so uh, thanks again. well I knew when I decided that I wanted to put together a podcast I looked through my friends list trying to find somebody that uh, would have similar interests to mine and uh, someone that liked to talk about the kinds of stuff that I like to talk about and you stood out because I said like I said we used to we. Basically, what we're doing right now, we used to do all the time. We used to <laughs> right. just analyze the crap out of every movie and TV show that we watched and stuff. And, and when I decided to do this, I really thought that we would be talking for about an hour. And I'm looking at the clock, and we've been talking for almost an hour and 50 minutes. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think this <laughs> so is... I want to send a shout-out of thanks to my wife, who has been, <laughs> <laughs> been watching for longer than she thought she was going to have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> thanks to all of you for joining us here at Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, and hopefully you'll hear from us again. Goodbye. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, and feel free to visit our page at cosmicpotatopodcast.blogspot.com. Our episodes can be downloaded for free at soundcloud.com slash cosmicpotato or in the iTunes store. Thank you again for joining us, and please visit us again.